Hello, hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Primetime, brought to you as always by FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments later in the show. Packed episode tonight, we have to talk about a lot of stuff. Mainly league-wide news because the NFL is changing the overtime rules. We will discuss that. We will talk about what they got right, what, in my opinion, they got wrong with this decision. Later on the show, we'll talk about the Cowboys naming a starting linebacker, essentially, in today's uh, press meetings with Stephen Jones. And then we'll talk a little bit, we'll recap what happened last night? Excited about having a Dallas Cowboy on the show. We had defensive back Israel Mukwamu, and we'll maybe recap some of his key answers. Specifically, I want to get to what he described as one of the biggest strengths for Dan Quinn. So we'll talk about that and much more. So, anyways, what is up, Facebook chat? Uh, Jeff, Jacob, Steve. Junior, thank you guys for being here. Uh, all of you smash the like button, share the show. If you're new here, if you like what you're seeing, subscribe to the channel, uh, hit the like button on the Facebook page. The guru says, I like the playoff rule now. Thanks to Buffalo, Kansas City game. That definitely 100% seems like the catalyzer for the overtime rule that we got in the NFL today in the annual owner meetings here's what it looks like this is from the nfl essentially for those of you who missed the news the new playoff overtime rules only are in effect for the post season so if you're talking regular season it's business as usual no changes on that front but in the post season when we get to playoff time both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, then the next score wins. That can be a field goal, in other words. And then if the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner. So kind of like, uh, I feel like that final bit is just to avoid any confusions uh, in the case that happen that happens in the case that the the team kicking off scores a safety so that just kind of makes sense right like you had your chance on offense you wasted it so there you go anyways instant reaction guys let me know in the chat do you like it do you dislike it what's your instant take on the new playoff overtime rules for the NFL. Uh, Sugar Daddy Williams is calling it the Judge Allen rule. Hey, I like this a lot. From now on, that is how I will refer to it. Uh, thank you to Williams. That is an insane way to put it. I, I agree with it. Hey, I will call it the Judge Allen rule. So let me know. Do you like or dislike the new overtime rules for the new uh, for the NFL postseason, while you do that, and before I give you my answer, 
let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2022 Mazda CX-5 2.5S. And I love this one. Here's why. Not only does it have Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, like we've talked about all of the vehicles here on Primetime. It's got a backup camera, heated seats, but it's also got adaptive cruise control. And the one that I love, Wi-Fi hotspot. Useful as heck. Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, the new Mazda CX-5 2.5S starts at $29,125. You can check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Family-owned business for over 65 years. Let's see some of your answers here, guys. Uh, seems fair, says Junior Leos. Uh, burner account says it doesn't affect our team. So, meh, <laughs> says Burner account. Hey, hopefully... It doesn't because the Cowboys are winning in regulation when it comes to the playoffs. But hopefully, at least uh, they get a chance and maybe we're speculating about it happening if they make it back to the playoffs in 2022. Jason says it is the same rules. Not really, though, because the biggest change here, and I will show the rules again, uh, it, it is not the same because now a touchdown on the opening possession for the receiving team doesn't call it a game. It's fair as Steve uh, Miller. Blueman is on the fence about it. Primetime Phil says, I like it. Seems fair. It is the same rules. These rules don't fit the allotted TV time, says Williams. But I will guess that they, that like, you know, the broadcasters... They won't mind going a bit over their, their time. It's the NFL, after all. This is the king of TV ratings we're talking about. So here's what I like about it. My, my official answer, after thinking about it long and hard, is that I like it. At first, I was opposed to an overtime rule change because I, hey, from a theory standpoint, you know what? I like the idea of defense being an important factor of overtime. So the way that I looked at it was, hey, the defense matters too. And if you get a stop, then it is what it is. We have seen teams go into overtime, kick the ball, and then, uh, then end up winning it. But after thinking about it more in depth, now that the decision has been made in hindsight, I do like it. I wouldn't have mind if they didn't change it. But here's the one thing that makes me like it. And the one thing that I respect from the NFL after making this change. This was a data-driven decision by the NFL. They're not doing this only because of the Judge Allen situation. That was maybe... The catalyzer for it but if you take a look at the numbers i was blown away by this one because i thought it was less of a factor but according to adam Schefter, over the past decade teams that had won the overtime coin flip in the postseason were 10 and 2 and then seven of those 10 wins were wins that came in the opening possession and you go back in time 
because what I've heard lately is that it makes sense because in recent years, the offense has been king in the NFL, which is sort of true, but it's also not like super new. That doesn't really apply only to 2015 and beyond, even 2010 and beyond. And I say 2010 because that's the year in which the league approved the rule change that indicated that a field goal was not enough to call it a game. That if you scored a field goal on the opening possession, then the other team was entitled to a possession of their own. That that change arrived in 2010. And I I love books. You guys might have realized this by now, but I'm low-key of a nerd. In a sports way, I like sports, but I'm a little bit of a nerd. So every now and then I will be recommending you some books. And this one is one of the best reads that you can, uh, you know, get your hands on if you like sports and you like statistics. Scorecasting, hidden influences uh, behind how sports are played and games are won. This is not an ad, by the way. But they do have a chapter, and this is sort of an old book. Not old, but it's about from 2010, I believe. And this chapter is called How a Coin Toss Trumps All. Back then, they made a study. Uh, I know, actually, the study was from Brian Burke, who is now at ESPN, from 2000 and 2009. And they determined that 61% of the games were won by the team that won the coin flip. 61% might not sound like a super high number, but the authors of the book make a really good point. They say we should not think about the 61% as opposed to the fair 50%, which would be the fair percentage for us to consider. But we shouldn't you know, compare the 61 to the 50. We should compare the 61 to the remaining 39%. So if you, so if you think about it that way, if you, if you think 61% of the time, the team that wins the coin toss ends up with the W as opposed to 39% of the time that the teams end up uh, losing, right? Excuse me, the 39% of the teams that lose the coin toss end up losing. That is, that is what you don't like. Uh, and I think that percentage comparison is the one that makes me like this decision at all. Uh, below the heaven says, play defense and make a stop. And that is why a lot of people don't like it. And that is why at first I opposed it as well. That's also what I thought. I didn't like the idea of not giving the defense that credit. But I also cannot look at the evidence around the NFL of how offense has become the king in the NFL some way or somehow and ignore it. Jason Renfro says we should do a whole one hour today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that we'll make the hour though. Sugar Daddy Williams says they actually listened to us and the stats. Burner account says, Mo, you study finance, LOL. You love your numbers and, and earned value. <laughs> Offense is king, says Michael over at YouTube. He says, offense is king because of the NFL rules are slanted towards the offense to succeed big time. Blacks. Yeah, that is also true. What was it in the 70s when the scoring output for 
NFL teams were at an all-time low, and then you started seeing the DPIs. But that's also been true in all sports, by the way. We have seen uh, those rules, for example, that limited physical contact in basketball before to incentivize scoring in basketball. We saw it in football. We're now maybe low-key going to see it at some point in baseball. We know that the pitching clock has been, uh, you know, being discussed in baseball. Uh, the ghost runner rule is remaining for extra innings. Uh, the runner that starts at second base. So you see it across all of sports because people like offense. Yeah, I just do a mock, says David and Jason. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not prepared for a mock this time around. But tomorrow night, actually, I wanted to do that because we... We do mock draft Mondays here on primetime. You guys know that. But last night we had an interview and we had to change the game plan. And I actually didn't think of, uh, of, of putting together a mock draft for today. That would have been smart. But I promise you we can do one uh, tomorrow. We, we, we might do one tomorrow night. So Las Vegas Bookie says Charlie and Evans do not like this new NFL rule. Here's the thing that I don't like. Here's the thing that I absolutely hate about the NFL's decision on the new overtime rules. The thing that I don't like is how come you figure out what the best option for the league is, for the sport. You sit down, you look at the numbers, and you determine, you know what? We're going to change the overtime rules for the postseason. How come that does that happen, but you don't implement it to the regular season where it will make more of an impact? How, how does that happen? That is something that kind of blew me away. If you're going to make the change, make the change. Don't half make it. I understand maybe the reasoning behind it, maybe. And Stephen Jones talked about, hey, Stephen Jones, I know your favorite character, guys. Uh, but Stephen Jones said that the numbers were not as overwhelming as for playoff football. And there's also the argument that, you know what? If games go a long way, then players are more, you know, uh, tired and all of that. But also, it's not like NFL really cares for player safety, or at least they say they do, but their biggest decisions have gone against that, including the addition of more playoff games, of more regular season games, and all of that. So here's my question from me to you. Do you agree or disagree that the new overtime rules will apply for the regular season within next two years? that 2022 will be just a formality. The 2022 rules only applying to the postseason, to me, just feels like a formality before... Hey, my prediction is even in 2023, they will make the, the change towards the regular season. And if there's a party that will not allow that, is maybe the, the players' union, maybe they will oppose that because of player safety and all of that. But I kind of feel like that is... 100% going to end up in the regular season. So I will go with agree for the question. That will be my answer for the question. And I think that's the smartest thing to do. If you have determined that it is the best 
way to go about things, then make the change. That's the one thing that I didn't like about this whole thing. Kind of, kind of felt a little bit dumb to me that you reach a conclusion and then you don't apply it for all of the circumstances. Burner account says, uh, that's a tough call, but with Roger Goodell, I will say yes, he doesn't care about the players. Gregory says, yep. Uh, Guru says the NFL felt guilty and sorry for Buffalo, thus the new playoff rules. Josh Allen rule, like Williams called it. Uh, it's about Nielsen viewers that want to see their Sunday primetime broadcast in their entirety. Also a fair answer, I believe. So there you go. There you go. There will be a lot of controversy going around this overtime rule. And you know what the funniest thing about it will be? And I'm actually going to bookmark this clip somewhere so we can go, go, back, uh, go back and look at it next year. No team will, no game will, it feels to me like no game in the playoffs next year will go to overtime. Like, just like in a poetic way. We will go throughout in an offseason complaining about it, maybe some, or at least arguing about it, only to find out next January that no game will end up in, in overtime. That's my prediction for the 2023 uh, 2024 playoffs. The 2022 2023 playoffs, excuse me. I'm thinking about the future already. Uh, can we all just agree, says the burner account? The NFLPA is garbage at representing the players. I struggle with that one. I do. Because I don't, I don't disagree with Burner account in saying that, you know, the Players Association maybe is not winning most of the negotiations. But I kind of feel like that happens in all of the sports. And I think it's just your typical power dynamic in labor relations uh might be going to dip on this one here but that's how i feel about it so i'm not sure if if it's the nfl pa being garbage at representing the players more than it is just how power dynamics work in labor relations uh, because we see it across all of sports once again we can look at other sports as an example the the mlb just agreed to this uh to this uh, new CBA. And you also look at it and you think, you know what, it's sort of a win for the players, but not all the way. But you also understand why it is not all the way a major win. And it is way more difficult to organize hundreds and hundreds of players than just a select group of owners that are on very powerful positions. You know, the MLB, I will just say this before we move on to the next topic. For those of you who don't follow baseball, we had the lockout in MLB. I'm sure that you all heard about it. And then they were deep into the negotiations for the new CBA. And then there's this executive committee of players, big time players, uh, at the end of the day, millionaire players that are part of this committee making recommendations to each and every team from a, from a player's standpoint, and the committee unanimously voted to say no to the proposal that they ended up agreeing to. But the executive committee of players, eight votes against 
the final proposal, zero in favor. And still, the majority of players ended up voting in favor of the proposal. And the fact that, th that it is very clear that players are not on the same tier and do not share the same perspective is just part of it, right? Like when you compare it to the owners, it is way more easy. It is way easier for owners to be on the same page than it is for players to be on the same page. So this is all just to say that it's not only that the NFLPA uh, maybe is not doing a great job representing the players. And I don't even want to say that because I don't think that's necessarily the case. But if you look at it from that perspective, it's also just the nature of, of the relationship. But anyway, Samuel Rose says players should make their own league, which I also think that in theory sounds good, but it's also kind of undoable because there will be players that will want to remain in the NFL, right? Uh, Mitesh says, what do you think about using the college overtime rules? Now, that I wouldn't like. I... I like the overtime rules. Well, I liked, I will use the past tense now because I hate the new two-point conversion shootout that they added uh, recently. I absolutely hated it. Uh, did not like it at all. But before that, the overtime rules from college football that we've known for years and years, I like them for college football. But I also like the idea of putting together a long drive in the NFL. It feels kind of super superficial uh, starting from the 25-yard line and then just having the shootout that we're used to. And I like, I like, love it for a college. In the NFL, give me the sustained drive. That's what I want to see, personally. Having said that, the new rules in college, and I don't know if they will change them, actually, because I know that a lot of people did not like them. I don't like that uh, two-point conversion shootout that they have going on recently. All right. Anyways, let's see some of your comments here. Uh, more about the overtime before we move on to the next topic. Michael says the NFL wants two more regular season games. Not adding the overtime rules in the regular season will be a compromise for the two extra games. What is up, Primetime? Thank you for being here uh, in the chat. Make sure, by the way, that you like the video if you're watching on facebook and youtube remember each like allows us to put this video in front of more cowboys fans so we can grow the community stage says what up mo sorry for not being here lately no problem stage uh thank you for being here tonight anyways let's move on let's talk a little bit about the cowboys let's talk more cowboys football stephen jones in the owner meetings today had a lot of interesting quotes one of them, and the most interesting of them all, is on linebacker Jabril Cox. I am a New York Yankee fan, by the way. I am. I, I will admit to it right now. Uh, I know people are burning our counties asking in the chat. I am a New York Yankee fan. It's, it's what it is. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of painful maybe sometimes when, when, when you're uh, rooting for or two of the most popular franchises in sports and they don't find success. But hey, it is what it is. The real Darrell says, go Mets. Hey, I forgot for a moment that Max Scherzer was a Met uh, once spring training began and I saw Scherzer on a Mets uniform. I was like, I completely forgot about that. 
But anyways, moving on. Uh, Jabril Cox, Stephen Jones, talked about a Cowboys linebacker today. And he kind of provided some insight into what the Cowboys are thinking about at the linebacker position. Because he said that Jabril Cox is doing really well after an ACL tear, which first and foremost, great news. Great news to hear about Jabril Cox. And he said, I think he's coming along great. Should be a big plus for us this year. And here comes the gold. We'll fill right in where Keanu Neal left off. I think he has great coverage skills. So it sounds like the Cowboys might be planning uh, or might be confirming to us that their expectation is for Jabril Cox to be a starter for the Dallas Cowboys. And in the overlay, I put linebacker to more or less because it, it feels like there's Michael Parsons, who is this versatile chess piece that sometimes will be a linebacker, sometimes will be an edge rusher. Then you've got Leighton Vanderich and you've got uh, Jabril Cox. That's more or less what we know about the linebacker position for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think it's a surprise if this is indeed the Cowboys plan. But I think that kind of confirms, one, that the Cowboys are not bringing back Keanu Neal, which we kind of knew already, especially after it was reported that Keanu Neal wants to be a safety now, again, instead of a, a linebacker like he was in 2021. And it also might have confirmed something that we already felt like was the case, but the Cowboys are not getting Bobby Wagner. And I know that we don't believe or take for granted anything that a member of any NFL front office says or indicates. But the way that the Cowboys do things, sometimes they're more transparent than we want them to be. So it kind of feels like to me, knowing what we know about the way the Cowboys do business, kind of feels like a confirmation that the Cowboys are indeed not signing Bobby Wagner. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited about Jabril Cox. I'm also nervous about it. Uh, not that long ago, I think I posed this question for you guys about from 1 to 10, how confident do you feel on Jabril Cox being a starter in 2022? And although I love his potential, I wouldn't say a very high number. I would probably remain at five, riding the fence a little bit, or six. Because at the end of the day, we have not seen Jabril Cox in the NFL yet because of the injury. And he's also coming off from an ACL injury. So that's also a factor. So it's not like I feel super confident about the linebacker position, even though I believe in Jabril Cox's talent. We'll see if the Cowboys draft a linebacker early in the draft next April. Oh, by the way, April is right around the corner. Right around the corner. Craig says Cox is not a starter. The thing is, we don't know if he's a starter. It sure looks like, unless the Cowboys draft a linebacker early in the draft, that he will have a starter-like role. That might happen. Michael says, Jabril uh, is cheap labor, plus we signed Kyrus. Kyrus is your nickel linebacker anyway. And although, and that's that's a weird thing. That's 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 a good point because that's a weird thing about Dan Queen's defense. On one side, you say, uh, 
Curious is sort of a linebacker, but he's also not really a, a linebacker, right? Uh, he's a little bit of everything, linebacker, safety, the same with Mike Parsons. And it's a good thing that the Cowboys are using their weapons this way, in my opinion. It's, it's a good thing that they're betting on hybrids. And it's one of the things that I loved about Danny Queen's defense in 2021. But also, you need some traditional linebackers, I would say. Uh, I don't think he would know how to play Crazy 8, says Gregory. Uh, why are we hearing about depth charts in March from the owner's son and not the coaching, says Burner account? Because it's the Dallas Cowboys front office, and it's America's team, and that's the way they, they do business. To be fair, though, uh, I believe like general managers usually talk about uh, depth charts as well. To be completely fair, the real Darrell says uh, Dallas needs to draft a young linebacker to learn and eventually replace Leighton Vanderich. Yeah, because you got Vanderich on a bargain deal, which I liked, but but you shouldn't feel super confident about Vanderich either. Alex Flores, I think he's just echoing what Cowboys Nation believes. He says we need another competitive linebacker. We are kind of on the same page, I believe. When it comes to the linebacker room, uh, I've called it one of the most underrated needs for the Dallas Cowboys this offseason. That doesn't change with Jabril Cox being healthy or Leighton Vanderich being back. Still feel like it's a big need for Dallas. One that they could address as early as the first round, depending on how the board falls in the draft. But if Nakobe Dean is available, I don't think Devin Lloyd will be, but if, if N'Kobe Dean is available, Dallas Cowboys' first pick could very well be a linebacker. We'll see. Anyways, before we leave tonight, before we leave, I uh, wanted to share some thoughts on last night's interview. First of all, it was fun. Thank you guys for the support. Israel Mukwamu was amazing. I was surprised by how open he was. Uh, he really enjoyed his time here, and that's not something that you can say about all of the players that, that you interview because sometimes they really don't care from the media side of things. They're just focused on playing ball. But Easy was super open with us, uh, was really insightful, and I liked a lot of his quotes. Uh, one of them was on Dan Quinn and his biggest strength. Well, he didn't call it his biggest strength, but that's what he said right away about Dan Quinn, and I actually wrote an article recapping it in, in case you missed the interview, which you can still catch on replay on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook page as well. But Mukwamu said about Dan Quinn that it was great to see him back because I quote, he says, he's always in the room. Sometimes you will be watching film with safeties or the DB group and he always asks us what we like and what we don't like, so he can change. How important is that? I will say that again. He always asks us what we like and what we don't like, so he can change. Mukwamu added, he always does stuff for us, so we can be able to play faster and don't have to think too much. That sounds like the logical way to do things in the NFL, but it's also not the way that it's done always. I can think of one defensive coordinator, for example, with the Cowboys, 
that lasted only a season because his scheme was really not that easy. And on a complicated year in which he had virtual meetings going on and stuff like that, he didn't really adapt to the needs of, of the players and instead was demanding the players to adapt to his scheme. So you kind of see the difference there. Now, Mike Nolan, of course, has been successful in some places, but that's that feels and that has been reported that that was one of the biggest issues with the 2020 Cowboys defense. And then you listen about the way Dan Quinn does things and you like it even more. Now, uh, he also talked about Al Harris. People have been talking about Al Harris as one of the unsung heroes of the Cowboys 2021 defense as a secondary coach. You got to love what Easy said. He played in the NFL for a long time. So when he talks, I feel like everybody really listens. Mukwamu um, also talked about Jaron Kears. He said that although there were some bigger names, and you can think about maybe Michael Parsons, uh, Trevon Diggs, and Marcus Lawrence, that he thought that Jaron Kears was that guy for the Cowboys unit. And that really tells you a lot about the Cowboys safety they just signed for $5 million per year on a two-year deal. And just hearing the way that he expresses himself about Jaron Kears really paints you a picture as to how important Kears is, not only for all of the reasons that we have already discussed, the communication, the athleticism, the versatility, but also the way that he fits into the Cowboys' uh, locker room. Jason says, it was fun and I hope it was longer. That would have been nice. Uh, really didn't want to take too much time from uh, Easy Mukwamo for sure. Let's see. Uh, Charlie Evans, exactly. Saying, getting easy with it. Yeah, he, he really was. Uh, Jacob says, I think they will be fine. Talking about the linebacker room. Leighton Vanderich just needs to play middle where he goes downhill. Micah playing weak side rush and Cox, your Sam playing coverage. We'll see how they play with them because you need them. You need them to be capable if they're playing like on nickel packages and there's only two linebackers there. Hey, I cannot wait to see how the defense performs in 2022 because there are some concerns there. We will talk more about them uh, later uh, on the week. Dallas Young says, I think that Mukwamu is primed for a bigger role on defense. You can count on Dono. I think so too. Listen, there are, there are, there are places in which uh, Mukwamu could fit a slot cornerback, uh, like a nickelback, safety two. Uh, we know that Demonte Casey seemingly not coming back. So yet Malik Hooker. And then the rest of it is wide open. So Mukwamu's versatility definitely could earn him a bigger role on defense in 2022. Hope so. I'm definitely hoping so. And I will get one of his shirts. I, I will get the, the shirt that it's like the hoodie that he was wearing with the t-shirt version because I kind of hate hoodies. Uh, I, where I live, we don't get a lot of cold. So <laughs> I will stick with the t-shirt. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining ADC Sports Dallas Primetime tonight. Tomorrow, we will talk more about the draft. Uh, maybe we'll put together that mock draft that you guys have been uh, asking in the chat. We didn't have... Uh, the Mock Draft Monday segment. So we need to make up for that some way, somehow. Thank you guys for joining the show. 
make sure that you hit the like button share the stream if you're watching on facebook youtube or twitter let your friends know about adc sports dallas primetime if you missed it check out the interview with easy from last night it was fun uh really appreciated him uh, taking some time to join the show and just an announcement an announcement for next week we have not figured out dates so uh, sorry for that but i already uh, reached out to sky we're doing another crossover series next week we don't know the dates yet but skywalker steel and i will visit each other's show so we can put something fun together so uh stay tuned for that hit the like button thank you guys for joining the show for your support as always prime time brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net you can check out the right of the week and so much more on their website. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Thank you very much.